the free for all roundtable. Round two. On round two today, Amanda Galbraith is here, principal at Navigator and uh, host of Free For All Friday on News Talk 1010. News Talk 1010's Adjua and Sia Yabois is here as well, along with Pamela Palmiter, uh, who is an activist and a lawyer. It's nice to have you all. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Okay, so listen, let's uh, start digging into the big topics. And I think the number one topic is still David Johnston appointed as the guy who is going to figure out if we need a total inquiry. But he'll also report back to the prime minister on whether or not there was Chinese meddling in the last two election cycles. Pamela Palmiter, I'll start with you. Um, I can't think of a more impeccable individual than David Johnston, but there is the issue of his having served on the board at the Trudeau Foundation and has just, uh, what did somebody call it on round one? I think they said it was a chumocracy. Yeah, I don't think I would go that far. I mean, from what I've seen of his life's work, uh, he's a pretty solid, fair guy. Um, I also understand that Prime Minister Trudeau has no influence or directions on that Trudeau Foundation. So, you know, I think it's a it's not close enough to to start calling or calling conflict. Amanda Galbraith, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, I'll wait to see the outcome of this investigation, but I've never seen a more opaque and impenetrable scandal than this one. Nobody seems to know what, if anything, ever happened. So good, bring on the investigation. Um, But for a lot of people, David Johnson having an association with Trudeau means that whatever report he comes back with won't satisfy. Yeah, I I don't actually have a can. I don't have concerns about that. I think um, I think there's certainly questions on the Trudeau Foundation, but I think David Johnson is is like a really an above board individual. He's one of our most successful, hardworking governor generals. His name was actually floated originally when this ridiculously named special rapporteur or whatever we're calling it um, was floated. I know. I was like rapporteur. I'm like, oh my god. Maybe it's because it's French. I don't know. But anyway, um, so I think I think this is a good appointment by the prime minister. I was content to wait to have the name out, even though it looked a little rushed to me when he made the announcement originally, because I thought, okay, if you're going to consult with all the other opposition parties, I think that's crucial to this. It's about democracy, not just about one party. But what troubles me is some of them are claiming, including the NDP, they were not consulted, um, which, again, liberals are... I guess whatever we're saying, I'm not, not, not fully truthful about that. So I think we need to get the bottom of that. But I think David Johnson will do a good job. Um, but I think the mishandling of this by the prime minister means that inevitably there is going to be need to be some further, more public investigation because people don't trust it. And that's unfortunate. Andrew, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like he seems um, even killed and fair. He's worked with both parties, conservative and liberals. So for Trudeau, this is a plus in the direction of semi-trust. But again, yeah, when it comes down to transparency, even the Bloc Québécois are saying that they were not consulted. I don't understand why you just don't consult and then you don't have this backlash. It just taints the whole process, even though this person, uh, David Johnson, is even killed. So I, I think going forward, transparency will be key, like complete transparency. So everybody understands what's going on all the way through. Let me uh, take advantage of your specialized knowledge as the person who actually reports and covers traffic, yeah. Adjua. Um, there's a story this morning, and I appreciate that some people are going to say, yeah, that's been going on for a while. Uh, but I experienced it in person just a few days ago. Lakeshore is absolutely <laughs> unusable. And I'd be okay with temporary work happening happening on a route like Lakeshore if I wasn't going to end up in the Pylon Festival when I get to university and 
and then again when I get to museum, and then again when I close in on um, uh, you know St. Clair. This is nuts. It's it's on every arterial route. I think that's the problem. People wouldn't have a problem if okay, Lakeshore is not accessible, but I can head up. And if I'm going uh, westbound, I can use Adelaide or I can use Queen. But there seems to be on every route, if it's not construction, if it's not city work, there's something impeding the drive to get out of the city. If you don't live in the downtown core, and even if you live in North Toronto or you do live downtown, it's taking people for a 10-minute drive normally, sometimes 40, sometimes an hour, because you're just sitting in traffic and and they're not just doing it during off-peak hours they're doing it during rush hour because they're saying they want to work 24 hours a day but that's not even happening in the overnight if you come in really early there's no work being done which would be ideal because nobody's driving but it does seem the brunt of the work is being done in times that are not conducive for people getting out of the city so it's creating a bit of a nightmare situation Something needs to be done. You can't be working on alternative routes and not allowing people to get to where they need to be because you're creating chaos in a very chaotic city. Yeah, I mean, Pamela, I get it. It's life in the big city, but there's supposed to be some kind of centralized control about where work is being done and when, and I don't see any evidence of it. I totally agree. I mean, that's the whole purpose of planning and planning people and people who are experts in all of this. There's always got to be reasonable, you know, in and out of where it is that they're they're working on and the times in which they're working on. I mean, I, I agree with everything that she just said. I'm just so thankful seeing this happen and you see, you know, the nonsense videos on social media that I'm on sabbatical this year and don't have to actually drive into the city to teach because I just think that's hours on, on top of a day that's already going to be long and then I don't know. I just think it's unreasonable, and that's what city planners are for. Yeah, and Amanda, I know that John Tory had said, I mean, he apparently the evidence is that he was sitting on a weekly committee supervising stuff like this, but I just see no evidence of it. And my commuting is minor compared to what a lot of other people have to do, and almost every day I end up in a turnaround. Yeah, he he was. I worked there when it happened, and I remember the spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think there's only... Candidly, there's only so much you can do when a lot of the city's infrastructure is aging to the point where water mains break and it breaks things down um, further. When those happen, they end up tacking on extra construction projects to kind of get it done while those roads are closed. But I will just say, if you guys think this is bad now, like saddle up for the downtown, whatever, sorry, the Ontario line, I was oh, going to call it by its old name. Right. <laughs> like, like <laughs> It is going to be... Like, this is going to be nothing in comparison with that. Like, basically, the entire downtown corridor is going to be shut down. People are going to have to use transit or think of other ways to go. So if we think this is bad, it's going to be far, far, far worse. Um, so I think we need to think about alternative ways to get downtown or different ways to work or whatever that looks like, because um, this is nothing. Okay, well, listen, whichever mayoral candidate makes all of this stuff an issue may have an edge, or maybe we get into Josh Matlow and the issues we were talking about uh, yesterday, like the Gardner Expressway. Uh, but all that to say that Giorgio Mammoliti declared yesterday that he's running for mayor. Um, Amanda, are you happy to see him back? You must have had your encounters with him back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, most of which cannot be spoken about on the sh show. Uh, I, listen, I think, as we all know, uh, he is uh, a character. Um, I think he's 
he will be good for color and probably some entertainment in this race. I don't think he's a serious mayoral contender. Um, that being said, the interesting thing about Georgia Mamaliti is he is very plain spoken, right? So he probably will get to the heart of a couple issues in a way that some of the more prominent candidates will not. So I think a candidate like that always sort of adds a spoiler effect to a race. Um, so I certainly saw it. I kind of smiled um, when I saw him enter. And uh, I think we'll probably get a few more characters like that in the race whether they make it to the end is a whole other uh whole other scenario so uh i i am i'm looking forward to this race heating up um mm-hmm. early april once it starts okay well in Adjua, there are aspects to this i mean for us in media i also smiled yesterday because i thought this is going <laughs> to be fun but then i also thought what if he gets elected i know, right because he has special mayor powers right so and they all know that uh, now going into this election, whereas the previous election, nobody knew if that was going to be passed or if that was going to be a thing. So you have to wonder if a Mamaliti gets in, what does that look like? Are the brothels going to be coming to the islands? Is he going to say horrible things about the residents of Parkdale? It's just you don't know what you're going to get with him. And But he has re- name recognition. That's another thing that's scaring a lot of people that don't know the ins and outs of politics and they're just looking for somebody that they know. That's an easy tick for some people. So it's it's a little bit terrifying for me, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Well, and Pamela, he seems to belong to that certain genus of people who can't find a life outside of politics. I mean, he ran for mayor of Wasega Beach, for Pete's sakes, and placed third. Yeah, he just, he consistently seems to be all over the place, political parties or mayorships, you know, all of these issues. But I remember when uh, Trump first announced that he was going to be running for president and how many, I guess, normal-minded people were laughing and thinking that was ridiculous. It was going to be a funny show. And then he actually got elected and became president and everything fell to pieces. And so, you know, it... I think it might be funny that he's running and it might be a little bit entertaining, but with this whole populist wave of bizarre people, um, anything can happen. And that's a scary thought. Major General Danny Forte has filed a lawsuit against Ottawa. Certainly Mark Tui, who joined us at 620 this morning, said they'll probably settle out of court because this is going to be messy. Um, Amanda, you know, his case, I'm not sure how strong the case necessarily is. I mean, he had these, as they call them, historical allegations of sexual assault from back when he was in university. I don't know what the government was supposed to do about that. Yeah, I think think the whole thing was... Uh, troubling is a, as a was a weird word to say, but I think the whole thing was troubling. One, it was t- during sort of that sweeping time where there were several allegations about several different people in the military. Um, I do think, you know, the risk of like suspending him from his role, which was quite prominent, while they still hadn't determined if he had done anything, yes or no, was you know, it was like basically he was convicted without an actual trial, which I think he is a reasonable case there to say, hey, what's going on? So, yeah, I agree. It'll be settled out of, case, out of court. I think the way this was approached on both, like, one, do you want someone prominent in those roles? Will they have these allegations? Probably not. But at the same time, um, they were historic. Uh, and candidly, we don't know if they were how accurate they were or not. Right. He has the right to due process. Um, not to mention, I do believe there was probably political interference. I don't I don't doubt that in some way the minister was like, OK, this guy's got to go or the government was like, this guy's got to go. So um, he's probably got a case there, too. So I guess it'll settle. It'll be done quietly. And then he will um, leave the uh, the military at some point. OK, well, Pamela, you're the lawyer on the panel. I mean, he can't <laughs> sue his accuser. Um, I guess he can't sue the crown. So he's going to sue his employer, the government. Yeah, you know, I'd, 
obviously, I think there'll be a settlement in this because I don't know that he will want every single detail of everything involved in all of these issues brought publicly either. Usually these suits are brought with a big huffing and puffing in the hopes of encouraging a settlement because, you know, removing someone who has sexual assault claims against them, that's the right thing to do if they are in a position of power. Um it's not like he wasn't otherwise employed. It's not like, you know, they, they claim to be still trying to incorporate or, you know, rehabilitate or incorporate him back in. Um, but it, it was absolutely the right thing to do in a national crisis around COVID and people were scared and didn't know what to do. The last thing you need is anyone in there that has a potential issue and especially uh, sexual assault. So, I mean, these are fairly political appointments. So I... I I think it's totally appropriate that they did that. Um, I don't think our other party is going to want the details to come out, to be honest. Thank you all. Good to have you this morning. Amanda Galbraith, Adjua Incia Yabois, and Pamela Palmiter. That's our time. And hey, barring any untoward developments, I think tomorrow will be a sweet, sweet Friday. Thanks a lot for listening. Jerry Agar is next. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.